I'm Will McHenry, the program associate at Ponars Eurasia, and with us today is Nona Shath-Naharian, a research fellow at the Institute for Archaeology and Ethnography at the Armenian National Academy of Sciences. Nona, thank you so much for joining us for this Ponars podcast. What is the status of the peace process between Armenia and Azerbaijan currently? How does the security dilemma affect peacekeeping capacity? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, William, for having me here. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, the status of peacemaking is, uh, can be right now described in negative uh, terms. Since the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict began, both, the, both independent states of Armenia and Azerbaijan have taken a black and white stance uh, on the conflict. And those positions have grown stronger over the years. Uh, there are many grey areas while discussing prospective peace negotiation problems. Some of the questions are really hard to be discussed. Some are heavily manipulated by both sides. Any compromise uh, on the issue looks like abandonment of or betrayal of a sacred cause, with Azerbaijan looking at Karabakh as occupied territory and Armenia viewing the struggle as Karabakh Armenians' desire for self-determination. And as, as you may know, these two principles, uh, uh, the principle of territorial integrity and self-determination, they are in this, um, uh, in this atmosphere of uh, legal contradiction and ambiguity, which actually doesn't help to 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 resolve the conflict. Um, the dialogue uh, is solely between Baku and Yerevan. This is another problem of negotiation process, because of course Nagorno-Karabakh, as one of the act uh, uh, agents uh, or actor of this. Uh, of this war and uh, post-war process and um, it's kind of has really well deserved deserved rights to be a a party of the negotiation. So meanwhile, earlier before the conflict get hot, quote-unquote, again in 2016, there was less animosity among grassroots activists and NGO communities in both countries. However, tensions in general were vastly exacerbated by 2016 April events, engendering tons of hate speech in independent media, as well as in official media. Tensions are still alive in academia and civil society, and very few see compromise as, a, as an option, unfortunately. Yeah. There is also a conspicuous lack of interaction with um, and political will from Azerbaijan. This is actually a huge problem uh, because, as you know, uh, sometimes only grassroots movement is not enough to to move things and yeah maybe if this is just turbulent movements from both sides something really can happen 
uh, right now it is too early to speak about peace process per se. Uh, we can speak about making some move to, to provide some proactivity so that to, to prepare the field for efficient negotiations. Um, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. So, what on that note? What are the dynamics of women's political participation in Armenia and in the post-Soviet era, and how does it differ in the de facto Nagorno-Karabakh Republic? Yeah. Uh, thank you. Great question. Uh, I think um, yeah, this is. I, I would I would make this uh, topic central to peace negotiation process. Uh, for many reasons, um, as I, I told, this this huge hate speech from, especially from Azerbaijan's side, is is really uh, leaving little room for for being optimistic. But I still I still reserve some room for for optimism. Just because, if, if we look back to what happened in this in this area, uh, I can just put bring to the fore the situation, the case with Khuramana Basava. Uh, Khuramana Basava was a Azerbaijani uh, leader, Soviet kolkhoz. Uh, collective farm uh, leader who um, used her power of woman in traditional society, cast, casting her headscarf between the angry mobs. In modern social context of law-intensive warfare, the high rate of non-combat-related death in Azerbaijani army, which brought to public outcry seems bearing a big potential for peace generating grassroots movement initiated by Paris soldiers, mothers. Uh, in Armenia, uh, again, a big, uh, a big obstacle for, for making this peace dialogue vibrant again uh, is April war April war of 2016 which is 2016 which is called in Armenia now uh, April massacres because it's kind of difficult to call it war it was four days actually four days massacre and this these brutal uh, things and atrocities they, they of course they don't they don't help for this process. And why I, I think that women, women, women's participation in peace negotiation process is so important, this is because I, I, I would like all of us in Azerbaijan and in Armenia to, to change the, the focus on how we define uh, the the concept or the phenomenon or, or, or understanding of security. 
So security can be understood and usually, unfortunately, is understood in this essential, um, primordial, real politic way in, in the region when this is always about this alarmistic, panicking discourse of uh, existential threat. Uh, my suggestion would be, and I, I, I really feel like women bring this potential, would be to change this approach and to think about security as, uh, as just normalizing life, as uh, satisfying ordinary people everyday needs. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of work should be done in this direction. What can be done to improve peacekeeping capacity in the region? Yeah, thank you, William. This is quite a difficult question. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it takes two to dance. So only, uh, only relying on efforts, huge actually, huge efforts of international organizations and local NGO, NGOs would be, uh, would be not enough. And we see that it is not enough, though they have, they really, I want to reiterate that they, they do a great job, like this consortium uh, in 2010, um, five organizations, three of them British, and two of them, one is Queen Attila Queen Foundation and another one, a Finnish um, international organization, and they, they actually try to, to keep this process, not to keep, or, or, yeah, what I'm saying, to start again, I would say, because after April, every time the situation on the front, front line is uh, hot again, uh, so it, it almost uh, peace negotiators have to start from scratch again. Uh, and I think uh, this peace platform and dialogues, uh, there is almost actually zero connection, I mean, vis-a-vis, face-to-face connection with Azerbaijanis. And it makes me feel very concerned and these organizations actually they help to organize meetings on neutral territories and to bring these people, especially young people, to to get familiar to each other and to understand that you know this this uh, ideology of constructing uh, enemy and terrible other is just uh, an ideological and political tool to protract the conflict. So my understanding is that all those efforts, especially especially uh, the political will, means uh, from efforts from top to down uh, are very important. So in that sense, uh, in Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, uh, I think the uh, the authority is, I would say, quite um, adequate and political will is very stre- strong in Nagorno-Karabakh for, for uh, 
at this point preparing a ground for uh, for for really effective uh, peacemaking and and making all actors just capable for that dialogue. Fascinating. Nona, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. Yeah, really, I'm sorry. I forgot my, my most important... Go ahead. What's your most important yeah, point? Yeah, and uh, again, how I see uh, the role of women uh, in this negotiation process. I, I think that to be part of NGO, to be very active in, 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 the, in their own societies is not enough. Is unfortunately, it's not enough. This is why I, I see uh, in, in long-term prospects, I see women uh, get empowered through quota system or any other um, system which push, push, pushes women, women's uh, political agency. I think this would help to bring this maternal thinking discourse into into this uh, hegemonic masculinity uh, discourse somehow to at least at, at the very beginning to balance this discourse and then you know because mothers and women uh, and soldiers this is, you know, mother is a person who is producing this unit of a unit of the war, a soldier, and it takes so long time to to raise them, and then the sniper war it takes seconds to kill them. I think this is this is really exist, existential demand of of current situations that mothers from both sides would get together and just stop this bloodshedding. Great. Thank you so much. That was fascinating.